Hello and welcome to the Fearless Ones podcast, where we build fearless people, create and lead a fearless generation. It's Matt Heaven. <laughs> Sorry, man, I had a joke Matt. and I didn't deliver it. That's right. <laughs> Start over. Uh, clip, clip. Oh, man. Matt Ham and Kevin Adams here on this Holy of Wednesdays. <laughs> Matt, Matt Heaven. I, I heard Matt Heaven come out. That's. I was trying to say like that. That's Matt pretty cool. Evan on this Holy Week Wednesday, <laughs> and, and I was messing with you, and it all just came out in this one blah. <laughs> Welcome to our show with Matt Heaven and uh, Kevin the Faithful. Uh, funny stuff. That's hilarious, man. <laughs> There's an alter ego, some pastor somewhere <laughs> named Matt Heaven. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, I heard somebody uh, somebody talking about uh, we're done with with Elvis in the pulpit, and I thought, dude, I love Elvis, but you know, but that's so funny. Yeah, shiny suits and hilarious. It's, it's great for the dawn of rock and roll, but uh, we're we're just so done with that kind of stuff. But but anyway. Uh, we got a good show today, hopefully, um, good subject and uh, appropriate. And, uh, you know, always want to ask a question and challenge people. So uh, that's kind of where we're getting started. It, it, it's a simple idea, but, uh, you know, that's uh, we want to dig into the idea of why, why are you faithful? What, what's the point of your faith? It's so easy to just accept, oh, yeah, I got faith. So we want to look at the point of it. Why? You know, what do, what is it that you actually believe and why? And help people get to the grassroots of it, put their hands in the dirt and, and dig a hole, and, you know, see what it feels like and smells like and looks like. You know, faith has to be real. So that's the point of the title and a uh, great jumping off point to, to dig into another show. Yeah, I think... Uh, <clears throat> That question is is the essential question uh, that we have to ask, you know, for kind of the birthing place of faith. It's like, what's the point? And, you know, it's a poignant time, like you said, very timely to ask it, of course, this week with uh, being Easter and so forth. It's, you know, I, I think a lot of folks probably have never even considered that, you know, um, and faith is right. this kind of like nostalgic thing that they hang on the shelf. They pick up on Sundays or this thing that they do with their kids because they want them and, you know, whatever, or because they did it or because their grandparents did it or because they think somewhere that it's the good thing to do. They've never, right. actually, like you said, really pondered the depth and meaning of it and, and really the purpose or point behind all of it. So I, I think it's a great yeah. time and very challenging. I'm, I'm excited to dive in with you. Yeah. And by the way, um, it, it, we have had some, some good increases in our uh, audience, which is neat to see. I mean, we don't live by that. We just do what we do. If there's one or a few hundred or whatever, it's great. Uh, but uh, just to say that, uh, as a, if you care about what we do and you want to support it, I would just ask everybody listening if they would just stop for one moment. And if we've helped you in any way, just please share this podcast, share out a rumble link with somebody, you know, that it would bless. 
It's a simple request. But we want to grow not because we're trying to build a platform. We're trying to build people. And listen, I've had platforms, huge ones. And uh, so this is the real deal. So we're trying to keep it pure. We're trying to challenge people who need to be challenged. And we're also trying to encourage. Um, that's what Jesus did. He taught, he encouraged, and he challenged. And so please share it out. Please do, do that Do that for me and for Matt, for Matt Heaven. <laughs> and uh, we would just appreciate it. I just wanted to sincerely ask if you would just do that, um, if you feel like uh, someone could use it. So there you go. I, I really want to emphasize this, too, for those who may be watching, especially on Rumble. We're getting a lot of new followers. We're getting a lot of new views and people who have never really heard about us or our movement or what we're doing with Fearless. Um, you know, and people go, well, well, you guys need to build this or this is what you should do. Like, I want people to hear this from me, not from you. But, you know, when I met Kevin, Kevin had north of 100,000 followers on Twitter, probably 125 or something. I don't remember what the number was, but it was substantial six figures followers on Twitter. You had a voice on Twitter and I watched you walk away from it when we were beginning this, because you said, we're not going to leverage that. We're not going to use that. We're going to let God do this. And so he has, right. and so you're, you're, you're essentially looking at, you know, the, the byproduct of practicing what we preach and, and not That's right. building platforms. If we wanted a big platform and connections, we would have used that. We would have used, uh, you know, a, a lot of the, the former connections that we had, but we've just gone about the work as God has allowed and as God has opened doors. And so here we are and, you know, come what may. And, and the good news is, is people are hungry for this. You know, Kevin, this is, yeah. I shared this with you, but with our audience, had a good friend of ours who's been following along and supportive of the work we've been doing for the last five years or so and kind of arm's length, you know, and they called up this week and they go, hey, I just wanted to tell you, uh, my wife and I were sitting down listening to a podcast of this fella and he mentioned his name. I didn't know him. And he was talking about like identity and, and fearlessness and like overcoming strongholds. And my wife and I looked at each other and go, this is the stuff Matt and Kevin have been talking about for the last, you know, four or five years. And he said the light bulb just went off and it was like the Rubik's cube came into alignment. And he was like, man, wow. Like, thank you guys for kind of like being forerunners and blazing that trail. And so, you know, I just yeah. wanted to say that as testimony that, you know, the stuff we're sharing here, folks, is not uh, regurgitated. It's not canned. It's not uh, cliche Christianese. It's deep spiritual truth and wisdom that's going to challenge you to grow. And it's what's needed for the season ahead. Yeah. Amen. So, so if it does help you and it clicks <laughs> after time, you know, I say the same stuff a lot, but uh, it's okay. Uh, God has geared me and us to, to do that, but please share it. Just, just hold that thought. Please just, just send a link to somebody. We would appreciate it very much. And I'm speaking from my heart and asking. Um, all right. So what's the point of faith? <laughs> faith, you know, it's all these different things. Uh, it's going to church or, you know, uh, some kind of destiny or fuzzy, magical thing. And, and so let, let's just go back to the basic of it. Now, What's the basic, the simplest thing? It, you, you have to go, there is absolute truth. There's not your truth and my truth. There is the truth, and it is found in Scripture. 
So, but rather than the the thing that most people dig into, you know, I in particular, <laughs> I always like to dig under the rock and, and, and find the unknown, find the hidden thing, find the secret thing, and uh, and really bring something new to it. There's no point listening to this if you're just hearing regurgitated stuff that everybody else is saying. So, we're bringing something different. So, I like to take the different point of view, and I think it's a gift, um, but uh, it can be annoying, too. Um, but the point of your faith, I think, is the better question uh, to ask, you know, rather than uh, uh, why are you faithful? You know, what's the point? God has a point. God's intention is your permission. So rather than trying to figure out the permission slip, understand God's point. Understand what he is after. And so let's look at an aspect of that that most people don't really look at. And that's, uh, it kind of sets the stage. There's a lot to go through. There always is, right? But we'll get through whatever we can. Um, so I just kind of laid out a couple of things here to, to start with. And please jump in at any point, Matt, uh, speak to it as you, you know, feel led. But uh, if you look at, let's look at something that most people don't look at. Uh, If you, let's see, let me scroll here a second. Um, If you look at the armor of God, uh, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, and let's just just go down to 16. It says, in addition to all this, I don't even know what version it is. I got everything kind of just keyhole open. In addition to all this, this is in the context of, of the armor. You know, it, it, it's metaphorical, but, but it, it, it's so powerful. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Most people don't think of faith as a shield, and so I want to look at it from that perspective and answer the question. Now, the question has a lot of answers because faith is a big thing. Hmm. But it is also a shield. What does a shield do? So, you know, we want to, we want to look at that from a place of what does your faith provide and what does it protect? So the shield protects, right? That's one thing. And um, so what does it protect? I mean, you can see a shield, you know, if you look at James, it says count it all joy when you encounter various trials. So that right there means that being faithful isn't just understanding and, and, and pressing into uh, God, it's also knowing that God is your shield. So you want to be within, you, you want to pray within his name. It's not a, a lucky charm on the end of a prayer. You are in that posture. You're in that authority. You know, if, if you want to draw a circle on, on, on the, in the dirt, stand in the middle and that's, you're inside. Yeah. You know, you're in him and he's in, in, in us. So it protects you. Okay. Any, any thoughts? Just jump in. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple. I don't want <clears> to <throat> cut off where you're going with it, but I'm just <clears throat> responding to what I 
hear you yeah. saying and kind of how I'm unfolding sure. it myself. I think about the Old Testament and I think about uh, God's people going through the wilderness and they had the, um, you know, the front guard and the rear guard and the mm-hmm. pillar of uh, fire by night and cloud by day. And it was just this idea that that God was their literal encompassing protector. Um, right. You know, and, and David, when he wrote in Psalm 23, um, he said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, meaning that God is ahead of you, has prepared a table for you. But it says goodness and mercy shall follow me, that goodness and mercy are behind me. So it's this idea that God's ahead, God's behind, right? And so when you're talking about faith as a shield, it's just this this concept of God as protector and the faith in him as a capable protector. And, you know, I had that, that image from uh, Gerard Butler, I think, was the, the one that played the guy um, in 300, um, that, that movie about the uh, Spartans. And when they had the shields and they all mm-hmm. rallied up and it was this yeah. shield and all the arrows were coming in and it could not get through the, the shield wall. And so the, the Lord, as you're talking, my spirit is affirming and saying the purpose of faith is to help you guard your heart. And, and that was this concept of why it's so essential to have a robust, strong faith, because it, it's what helps you guard from getting distracted, discouraged and getting your heart pierced by the enemy's tactics. Yeah. Yeah. Faith is is uh, it's not a fuzzy thing. It's not a cloudy thing. It's you know, it, it, it is uh, something that we have a choice in. And so if you understand at least one aspect of it, the importance of it, it's, it is the most important thing. Now, you know, scripture teaches us that love is the greatest and and that is true. I mean, whatever scripture says is right and true. And we stick to that rather than our opinions. Uh, So there's no uh, uh, caveat to that, but, Right now, as we are in uh, in the world and not of it, this isn't our home. The only way for us to love like God is to understand who God is and who we are in Him. In other words, we have to be like the Son to love like the Father. Hmm. We cannot do it otherwise. So your faith is uh, is preeminent. It it is it, you can't love the way God wants you to, unless you have faith. And it has to be authentic. It doesn't have, you don't, that doesn't mean you know everything. It doesn't mean you're knowledgeable of all the scripture. It doesn't mean you're super wise. It means it's pure and you mean it. And you have, remember we talked about childlike and childish. It's very childlike. It's sincere. It's teachable. It's humble. All those things. You go back and listen to that show. So it, it protects you like a father uh, protects a child. Now, remember, we have to look at what is God after? So, so the first question I wanted to ask was, what is it that you actually believe? So now that we understand the point of faith, one aspect of it, right? There, there's more, but this is, <laughs> we don't have all day. So one aspect of it is, is that, that shield, but what is it that you actually believe? So I want to challenge people to just stop for a minute 
you, you know, whether you're, you, maybe, you know, I know some, some folks walk and listen to this or, you know, maybe listen to it in their car or whatever, or just, just hanging around or multitasking, but whatever you're doing, just ask this question and really let it sink in. What is it that you actually believe, especially, you know, I know a lot of people are going to be focused on uh, just the, the week and Christ resurrection and all that stuff. And it's good. It's, it's, it's a great thing. Right. Um, so, but as you enter into that, ask yourself, what is it that you actually believe? And, and I, this is my challenge, right? You, you say you believe something that's good. I, I, I'm not the judge of it. I'm simply challenging. I challenge myself because it is worthless. If you don't do this regularly, because it, it fades off into the distance. You know, it's like having some old shield on from way back when, and you think it's still good, and it's just rot. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it, you have to recalibrate. You have to come back. You have to keep pruning, cutting back. So that way of doing that is what is it that you actually believe? Mm. And the answer has to go to your actions, you can't say one thing and your actions, your actions, this, this is reflective. You have to look at how are you living this out if yeah. you say you believe something. What you believe comes out in your actions, period. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the beauty of, of the Holy Week and the Easter story is like I was even reading this morning, um, you know, after Jesus was arrested in Gethsemane, it says that they all fled. I mean, right. they all fled, you know, Peter, Peter said, I, I, I'll follow you to death in the grave. Right. And, and he didn't. And so there is there is ultimately to me, there's a there's a moment uh, crossroads at um, <clears throat> at Easter, essentially. And at the Passover, it's it's this idea. It's like your faith, what you believe you must come into alignment with a proper action toward that belief, or it is meaningless. Right. The, 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 uh, the Israelites could have believed in God all day, but if they had not taken the action of putting the blood of the lamb over the doorpost, the angel of death would have wiped them out, right? Like right. faith has to have action. And that's the, the one part about the Passover when you read it in the Old Testament. I love this is he says, when you participate in the Passover, it says, have your belt fastened and your sandals on your feet. Like that's a command of God. And to me, it says the whole point of that is be ready to move, be right. ready to take action. Like your yeah. faith must be ready to take action. Yes. So, so the idea of asking that question and then connecting it with some action. Now, this has nothing to do with the speed or impatience or hurrying up or being reckless. But you can't use the excuse of I'm just hanging out waiting. There's always something that can be done. It's like, you know, and we'll come back to this, but your mission field is the ground beneath your feet. Mm. So double check your heart, search your heart and ask that question. What is it that you actually believe? And if you say, I believe that Jesus is God, then let that sit in your heart for a little while. Yes. And then remember what he did for you and remember what he continues to do for you. 
and then take some action as a way to thank him, even if it's just saying thank you. But you're not here just for that, right? You're here to be a vessel for him. So remember, that's just an example. Even the idea that the mission field is beneath your feet, very simple things. We'll come back to that. But uh, yeah, so, all right, so think of it this way. All right, so here's, here's the other side of this. What is it that God is after? What is it that he wants from your faith? What is it? All right, so I've, I've got some, th- these are a few uh, of, the, of the daily devotional texts we send out. Um, <clears throat> if you don't get those, uh, you know, you, you sign up and you can get that. Uh, it's very good, challenging. You're not going to find it anywhere else. Um, it's original content. But anyway, so, so I'm going to read a few of these, and, and then let's talk through it to answer that question. Um, all right, so one is uh, pleasing God requires faith. Now, we know that. I mean, you can't please Him without it. So that, that's, there's another aspect, right? Just to please God, you got to be, you got to have faith. All right, so pleasing God requires faith, yet... Faith in and of itself is not an end, but a means to an end. It is a shield that protects the development of what truly pleases him. And that is your question. I'll just finish reading it, but think on that a little bit. What is it that truly pleases him? And that's intimacy, intimacy with us. So focus on intimacy with God and faith will arrive. Go back through that. I I mean, not because it was incomplete. I just want to really hammer this home for people to understand um, how we're tying together faith being a byproduct of intimacy and, and, and yet faith is the thing that guards and protects that intimacy as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So pleasing God requires faith, yet faith in and of itself is not an end, but a means to an end. It is a shield that protects the development of what truly pleases God. And that is intimacy with us. That's what he's after. So, you know, the call to action is focus on intimacy with God and faith will arrive. You're cutting to the chase. In other words, what is it that you truly believe? You go through that process. There's an action step. One action step is to remember that God is personable with you. He wants intimacy. He's not just trying to say, hey, you know, be faithful. There's a point under it. There's something important. Now, we're asking the question about what does God want? Now, everything he wants is for us. It becomes about us. But we asked, you know, we looked at it the other way. What is it that you actually believe? And you have to take a step. But we're, now the question is, what is it that God is after? What does he want from this? There's more to it than just, you know, hey, be faithful. How, it, it pleases him. Why does it please him? Intimacy. Yeah. That's what he's after, relationship. I think people glaze over that. They don't think about God that way very much. Yeah, well, they, I, think, I think that the, the, uh, the default is um, God wants my obedience. 
right? Or, or God wants his own glory or God wants, you know, to reach people like all, all these things that, you know, are certainly aspects right. of God's character, but ultimately all of those flow out of intimacy with the father. That if you are intimate with the Father, you will glorify Him. If you are intimate with the Father, you will evangelize in His name, right? If you are intimate with the Father, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so the the ultimate point then, what you're leading to here is intimacy with your Creator, intimacy with the one that made you, intimacy with your Father. And so with that said, Kevin, what would, I mean, I'm just coming back to this, I'd probably cut you off there, but uh, I, there's plenty more, but go ahead. You, I was going to say, what's what to, to to me like when you say intimacy with God? What is? Give me a picture of that. Like, what do you when you think of intimacy with God? What picture comes to your mind? Affection, uh, trust. It's let's let's start that by. <clears throat> I'm going to read the next. Yeah. One, and then and I'll answer your question. The next. Nugget, a daily devotional goes out. It's 10 bucks a month. <laughs> it's not like a sales guy, I'm not. It just helps us. Uh, hopefully, uh, this will help. All right, so here's, here's, here's a way to answer that question. Faith isn't about endlessly waiting to experience God, but knowing He is patiently waiting to experience you. Offer Him all your heart, and he'll give you the sound of his voice. Offer him all your mind, and he'll give you the courage to follow every word. We need to understand that God gives us a choice in that intimacy, in that relationship. We need to learn how to become intoxicated by God. And I don't mean, you know... Holy Spirit drunk and all that stuff. I'm talking about deep affection, trust. Now, God wants to experience us. He created us for this reason. And so we have such a skewed view of things. Typically, I'm not saying everybody, but he's after intimacy. Like, you know, I have some good, close relationships, um, and I challenge the crap out of out of my own friends, but they challenge me too. So it's not it's a deeper thing. There's a trust there. All right. So, but you we have to look at it. How does God see us? If He wants to experience us, then let's go to Scripture for a second. And I don't have it in front of me because it's it's in there. But but there's three main. Uh, viewpoints that he says we are to him. There's more than three, but there are three intimate ones. All right. So what are they? He sees us as his sons and daughters. If you don't believe that, then go to Romans 8 or look at, you know, Jesus model prayer, our father. He didn't say his father. He didn't say your father. He says our father. That puts us all together in the same family. Okay. Our father. So he sees us as sons and daughters. What more intimate relationship is there than a child pulling on the shirt tail of a father? And you have daughters and sons, and and I do. And when they're little, there's nothing that we wouldn't do for them. Now, we're not going to give them everything they want because they got to grow up. 
but it's very intimate. All right, so the second one, he sees us as his bride. We are the bride of Christ. And we may not like that as men. <laughs> we got to get past all that. We're talking spirit. Mm-hmm. So you look at the attributes of a bride. And we can go through all that later. These are intimate. These are the three most. And what's the other one? Friends. He said, I no longer call you servants or slaves. I call you friends. It doesn't get any better than your kids, parents, and children, spouse, and friends. These are the three most intimate relationships there are. It is the greatest thing there is. Mm-hmm. So when God sees us in all three ways, that's obviously he wants our time. He wants, he's not asking us to do things just to do them. He wants us to communicate, to, to be in communication with him, to walk without stopping the communication. Yeah. It's intimate. It's affection. All right. So hopefully that, that answers well, the, you know, the, for, from my point of view. Yeah, the, the reality, I mean, he is the fulfillment of, of our deepest longing. He's the fulfillment of our deepest relationships, you know, and the relationships we have on the earth are but a, but a picture of, of that from us. So the affection that we feel in our closest relationships or, or the void of affection that we might feel because they've been damaged, you know, God is the fulfillment. He's the perfection of all of those things. And, you know, one of the things that, that I <clears throat> tend to do that helps me, um, and it's funny, I actually challenged Sarah James, my daughter, she's seven. And the other night she wanted to talk to me about Jesus and we were in the bedroom and all. And, um, and I just asked her a question. It's a question I ask of myself. And it, it's, it's, Sarah James, if Jesus walked into the room and he sat down on the edge of your bed, you know, what would you say to him? You know, and, and that's a, that's a, an exercise I take myself through if I'm having a moment or if I'm feeling a little bit, you know, downcast or whatever, I just imagine Jesus coming in the room and like, what would I, how would I interact with him? Like he's here, like, let's not pretend that he's not. So let's actually go ahead and visualize this. And that's been a great exercise in me to get my hopes up and get my spirit up is if Jesus walks in the room, like I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to say these, these are the things I'm going to say. And so for somebody who might be looking for something tangible or whatever, that's been a great practice for me to engage that really helps drive in that intimacy. So it's not this fluffy, ethereal, Jesus loves me, this I know. It's actually relational because he's in the room with me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you know, and just you have to look at your own life for examples. And it's why we get to be married. It's why we get to have children. It's why we get to have friendships. It's practice. It's it's so that we can learn. Yeah. And, you know, we screw up all the time, but we learn from it. And um, but uh, intimacy is important. It does take vulnerability, um, but it takes a pure and willing type heart. And you have to be honest about it. Um, um, if you have struggles or are somewhat invulnerable to it, then, uh, you know, it will continue to haunt you. So in the same way that you need to fight for your joy, you want to stand up and fight for intimacy with God. God is our father. Start there. If you don't can't see him the other ways yet or you struggle with it, pick one and live that way. I see myself all day long, every day as his kid. And he doesn't throw me out when I screw up. 
He's always there. He shows me where to go. Now, I've had to lead from the front with this. This isn't some new thing for me. I've been at this a very long time, and I've seen it over and over and over and over again. Anyone who knows me or has known me for any length of time knows this. So I'm just telling you, it's, it's a wonderful thing, but it's intimate. All right, so, so it's, the, it's to help us get to a place of intimacy. So faith protects as a shield, but as you step into it, as you put it on, then God builds the internal part of that for you. And he can experience what he created you for. It's good for him. It's good for you. And guess what? It changes the lives of people around you. Mm. And it can't fail. It can't fail. Yeah. It's a perfect business plan, right? Mm-hmm. So, so now we want to get to, you know, here's, here's another question. Um, living by faith. Um, and so here's the question. Are you unwilling to live entirely by faith when Jesus was crucified, your king, entirely for you? Either he did it all or he did some of it. So what do we, what do we owe him in return? It, it, it's, it's not just the obedience. It's not just the task. It's to live as his vessel. And so, so in order to, to do that, we have to let go. You know, I talk, I, I, I kind of push hard on, on people about giving. And it's not about money. It's, it's about what your heart, yeah. does it own you or do you own it? And if you do, it's all his. So let go, be free. And, and so this is part of that. So if you're unwilling to live entirely by faith, we can talk about what that looks like. But he did it entirely for you. So, so that's a good question for you to, to, to think on. Where does it end for you? Where do you stop living by faith? Because you probably you do at some point, right? Yeah. Hopefully not. But that should be the goal. So anyway, just a thought. Yeah. Along those lines, this weekend, I had the opportunity uh, back in Raleigh to go share a message uh, with our, our friends who supported us up at Macedonia. And, um, you know, I, I felt compelled to contrast uh, Mary and Judas in that moment where she broke the nard oil over his feet. And they say it was a year's worth of wages. And Judas criticized her because it could have been used for the poor or whatever. And right. to me, that's a picture of two people who have encountered Jesus, met Jesus, know Jesus, experienced Jesus. One who's willing to do what you just said, entirely everything poured out on her Lord. And I got nothing else but you. And that's all I need. Versus Judas, who is hedging his bets, who's concerned about himself and who will not entirely give himself to the Lord. And that's when the betrayal in his heart had already begun. And so I think a lot of people walk through, oh, I wouldn't betray, I wouldn't betray Jesus. Somebody put a gun to my head. Well, yeah, okay. Think through this all the way, because if there's any part of your life that you're holding back, that's a part that needs to be laid down. That's right. That's right. And if it, if it's not tested, (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me. If it's not tested 
hopefully you have the blessing of it being tested because it, it's really the only way to grow. And, and people grow in different ways and, and there's different types of testing. I don't want anybody to have to go through the things that I've been through. But if you listen and learn from it, you don't have to go through it. But th- those experiences are deep and they're, and, and they're more valuable than what you, material goods you have or have sway over for a moment in your life. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, that, that's a, a good question. Now let's talk through the idea of what this sets the stage. Okay. It, it didn't have to all be perfectly logical and all that. It, it's just, this is about depth. This is about learning to walk around talking with God and listening, learning to really, really listen and follow and believing what he says, believing is a whole different thing than simply throwing a prayer up and hoping. Believing is is experiencing the ways of God versus just knowing about Him, and uh, it, it it develops in you the the uh, character to carry out the call. Every heavenly purpose, uh, you know, has an earthly preparation season, and people don't like it. It's called discipline or discipleship. Welcome. Right. right. You don't like it, then you'll stay where you are and you'll keep saying the same stuff over and over again. So as a true friend, just go, yeah, that's fine. All good, brother. Yeah. Or I think a true friend speaks truth to you yeah. to help you. Right. That's Absolutely. what we do. That's what, I love <laughs> I love the if it offends you, it's probably working. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. If it comes to the Lord, if it offends you, it's probably working. That means <laughs> it's doing what it's supposed to do. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. We well, we, when you become unshakable, it means you've been offended to the point where you're flattened. That's right. And you don't you don't get offended anymore much, but. Uh, but anyway, it sets the stage. So it protects, but it also provides. And I'm just going to throw these things out. It, it reveals, this is faith. Like this is, What's the point of your faith, right? It reveals your value, your position, your posture, and it reveals your vision and ultimately your purpose or God's purpose for your life. You have to go through that process. You can't read a book and, and all of a sudden understand it like it's some kind of hat trick. All of that stuff is okay, but it, it doesn't, you know, it's just happy talk. So you got to, this has to be real. Your faith has to be real. And it, you don't have to carry it on your shoulders, but you have to step into it with a heart that trusts God like a father, like a spouse, like your closest friend, mm. you know, lay down your life for your friends, that kind of friend. So your value, your position, your posture, and we're talking about authority, your vision and your purpose, his purpose for you. And these things are all a choice. But but think about this is the, the big question is, what is the point of your faith? This is the point of it. So people tend to put their faith in one box. Here's my profession. Here's my personal. Here's my faith over here. It's most of it happens in a building, and you know we're just so beyond that. 
Yeah. It, it doesn't mean don't go to a building. Fine. You know, I don't think that's going away. But but the ickiness of building huge things and turning egos and overhead and elbows from the pulpit and big coffee shops just to draw people in and, you know, performance-based uh, ideology where you're, you're getting people into how do we get more people? That stuff is dying. Yeah. And if you don't believe it, you know, I'm sorry, but it's the truth. What is it? What is it? What, what we're getting back to, thank God, is intimacy, authentic community, real mission beneath my feet stuff. So those things are going to matter more than they ever have. And this is where your greatest satisfaction will be found. Not, you know, another bigger boat or whatever you can accumulate by selling a little more. You know, the, uh, you're, you're alluding to something we had talked about years ago, um, the, the concept of compartmentalization when we learn to compartmentalize our lives and it's like we have these, you know, this is my faith and this is my family and this is my career. This is my health and all of these compartments. And one of the things that you said years ago is that like uh, serial killers, are the great, greatest compartmentalists ever, because like, yeah. you know, they're, they're literally killing someone, you know, here and then they compartmentalize that and they go over here and they're at, you know, family birthday parties. Um, Right. And, and so this compartmentalization thing that we pride ourselves in, you know, um, mm-hmm. spinning all these plates, you know, look at me, I'm a multitasker. I do so like that ultimately right. isn't, is not, um, you know, of the Lord. And, and that was the heartbeat for me behind, or for us, I should say behind really pressing into faith and business. Um, because mm-hmm. so many people in that sphere definitely separate the two and put a wall between them and like, okay, Faith, this is over here, and now I can jump, jump into my day to day. And and your line is is so great from years ago when you said Jesus would have never said, "Hey man, it's not personal; it's just business." Right. <laughs> and and like man, that was so so good. And uh, and yeah, it speaks to the fact that like we're in a season where you know, and and never should we have, but but compartmental <clears throat> faith. And so, um, really, really, really powerful thoughts for everybody to consider. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good reminder. So intimacy, you don't, you don't want a relationship with your spouse, your closest friend or friends and your children or your parent. You don't want that relationship to be mechanical and neither does God, you know, with rusty worn out parts, it's not mechanical. All right. So, so think of all this. Think of why God put you here. You know, there's so many questions, but there is nothing more important than your faith. It is foundational. And, and you can't please God. You can't have relationship. You can't be saved even without it. It's not what saves you, but it's, it's the, the relationship with God. You know, you, it's, you have to choose to believe that Jesus saved you. All right. So just to clarify that, I'm not saying it doesn't have a role in it, but I want to stay out of all the doctrine and theology and all that stuff, because it's just, most of it's just opinions, but what, what isn't an opinion? What's, what's absolutely clear that anyone can walk away with is relationship, deep 
affectionate relationship. Now, we've got a cleanse uh, a document. It's a, a book. Uh, you know, it's been around for several years. I, I think I was 17 when I wrote it, but it will challenge you if you just go through it slowly. And uh, <clears throat> Riley's working on uh, the uh, the presentation of it in, a, in an online form. It's got some video and stuff, and I think she's even on day 12 now. So that's coming. Um, you know, we've got a lot of tools that we're going to help this process. We're not just preaching, um, but we're in kind of a bottleneck right now where we're, you know, we're, we're getting ready to, to do some things. So that is coming. So just know that you're not alone, but, um, but think about um, now, you know, who you are and, and relationship helps you understand when you have a relationship with someone who's honest who loves you truly, will challenge, teach, encourage, or listen, or whatever, that's when you know you, you're you in it for the long haul. And that's when you know, uh, you know, if you offend somebody and they run away, you know, okay. But if they listen and they grow or they help you in some way, guess what? Now we're getting into uh, two things I want to, I want to, I just want to hold on to here real quick in that, in that purpose position, posture, uh, value, vision, all of those things. Now you can be empowered. You're a vessel. You have intimacy with God and the Holy Spirit works through your vessel outward into the world around you through the gifts, right? So listen, the Spirit becomes the great compensator for your limitations, and then you participate in the church, and the church becomes the great equalizer. So the Spirit of God is the great compensator for human limitation, and the church, the true church, people, not buildings, people coming together for one another on behalf of God, that is the great equalizer. It's not communism. It's not give everything you got to it. You know, if, you, if you're rich and somebody isn't, it's not give them half. It's not that. That's garbage. You work hard and, you, and you, you're witty inventions and you create and you come up and you make a great living. That's fantastic. But it's not just about your comfort. It's about fuel. Okay? So you have to let go of what God's put in you and given you for the whole, all right? You get to decide, though. You're free. So just think about those two ideas. The Spirit is the compensator. It'll overcome anything if God has it for you to do. You can't fail. And then the church, when you participate in that, from this place, from faith, not just, I go down to church over here, throw a little money in the plate, heard a good sermon, now I'm going on to my chicken and football, check. Back to the grind on Monday. Hey, would you buy my whatever? I mean, that's what people do, and then they die, and they got a few things. It's, it, it doesn't change anything, all right? But it's the great equalizer. You know, it's interesting. I, the season that we're in right now is the equalizer to the things we see in the world is the church being the church, is God's people becoming God's people in community to change right. a generation. Right. That is the equalizer. 
Um, I think about Denzel. Wasn't that movie The Equalizer that Denzel was in? <laughs> Wasn't that The Equalizer? Oh, they're great. Yeah, one, they're violent. <laughs> yeah. Put it with a little violence, though. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, that's that the church in motion is that thing. There is no there is no weapon formed against it which will prosper when the that's church right. is being the church. But here's the interesting thing. The church can't be the church without the Holy Spirit. And and and, and in large part, when we have a people who are uh, uneducated about the Holy Spirit. You know, um, and 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 have yet to ask the Father, right? As it says, for the Holy Spirit, for more of the Spirit, to be educated, discipled in the purposes of the Spirit, and then to be free in the Spirit to 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 follow where the voice of God leads, and then to be accountable to a whole under some you know uh, uh, authority. Like that's the thing that I, that that's when it says to me in Romans eight that creation longs for the revelation of the sons of God. Like that's where we are. Like creation right now, every everything we see that just raises its head against uh, deep spiritual truth and values is basically creation longing for the revelation of a spirit filled people to go mm-hmm. take and reclaim that which God has said they have authority over. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, when you have that, it, you, you learn to uh, apply it and you, you learn that you're here to bear fruit. You know, one of the things that I run into a lot with people is I should, I need to, I ought to, you know, over and over. We talked about this already, but the other day. Um, you know, I get tired of it, but uh, I also know that the right people, the ones who stick around, who keep coming after it, you know, it, it it's okay. But it it's like you you got to get hold of this, and, and I'm just speaking to anyone who who will hear it. You are not here to get, to accumulate, to win, to compete. You're not here for that. You're not here. For any of those things, that's God's job. <clears throat> he is Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider. That doesn't mean you don't need to work. It means you work at the things that he put in you. And you have to work with him and follow him to that place. But if you want to be free, because freedom is what he, money's really about. Freedom to do the things that God put in your heart. All right? So he's the one that will provide for it. If you don't let him do it and you try to do it, it will have something attached that isn't from him and it won't last. So it's, it's worthless generationally, especially, but, but, you know, so just think of this, uh, uh, this idea that, that we are vessels and we are here to offer we are here to let god work through us remember the eric little quote eric little guy in chariots of fire watch the movie if you want to learn about him great guy but he said uh god made me fast and when i run i feel his pleasure guess what that's faith that's that's I'm in the candy store and God's telling me to pick out the candy and I'll just love the lemon heads the most. So I'm going to get those or the fudge or whatever. Our God loves us that way. So some mm-hmm. of those things are just for us. So if you've got a, an airplane or you got a boat or you got nice things, 
man, I'm so happy for you. If that satisfies you, that's awesome. You know, I got a, a bunch of surfboards. <laughs> I came here with none. People kept giving them to me, and, and it's great. But that's God, you know. So it's not about competing and comparing. It's about saying, hey, you want to have a beer? Let's talk. Let's laugh. Let's enjoy each other. What's going on in your life? How can I help you? Hmm. And bringing that to the table, because, but 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 we get in these weird strongholds, and you got to work through this. I and mean, that's what the mentoring program's about, right? Teaching. But you, we're here to give. We're here to give. We're here to give. We're here to give. Jesus said it's better to give than receive. So we've got to get our minds. We have to be able to receive when God's giving us something. And, yes. and he'll use people. You know, I got a good, a good friend who will never let me pay for anything when I'm around him. And I mean, I love this guy. He, he's fun to be around, <laughs> but he, you know, he has plenty, but he, <laughs> he won't even let me pay for a beer or a meal. And, uh, but you know, I love that about him because it's sincere. He means it. And it's one way that he can give and offer and help. You know, I can buy my own, but it's a, it's it shows us hard. So little things matter. You know, it's not just some big grand thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway, we're here to offer. Think of it that way. That's where you find your satisfaction. You know, the 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 beauty of a, um, I just got a picture of that. I think it's Shel Silverstein. It was the Giving Tree. Uh, I think it was the book and I can't remember it. I have pictures of it in my mind. It was a little boy who sat by a tree and the, you know, had a relationship with the tree and the tree provided shade and then it provided fruit. And, you know, he cut it down to build a house or whatever <laughs> at the end of his life, the little boy just yeah. sitting on the tree stump and he's like, well, I can be a stump now. You know what I mean? Um, and it was just, it's this idea of like, um, the purpose of a tree is to bear fruit, is to 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 bring right. to the world around it, and so that's who we should be. Like, what greater legacy in our life? Man, gosh, yeah. What greater legacy in our life that we look back and say, "Man, that guy gave everything he had to everybody around him." Um, man, that's just powerful to consider. But the world does not train us to think that way. The world trains us to hoard and to hold on to and protect and, you know, strive. And it's just, it's crap. It's just crap. And, you know, it's that let me get mine kind of thing, man. And it, it ultimately boils down to a lack of faith that God is good enough. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, this morning I was reading in Exodus, <clears throat> Uh, right when after the Passover, it basically said that the the Israelites asked the Egyptians for uh, gold and silver and clothing. And it said, and the Egyptians gave it because the favor of God was on his people. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, man, it, there's there's no lack. There is no and lack. Don't, and, but don't forget, all the gold and silver out in the desert won't get you one cup of water. Right. The wealth of Egypt will not buy you anything Absolutely. when you don't use it to change the world. So it's not just for you. If God gives you something, thank him for it and then use it for him. All right. So so it's it's about passing through. Yes. It's not about uh, equal amount. Everybody. Look, you know, somebody works hard. Somebody's lazy. Yeah, dude. Or if somebody inherits something and, and someone else does. I got. I got some friends that 
have inherited things that, you know, one of my closest friends growing up, uh, or at least as in my adult life, you know, it, it, I think his grandfather gave him a house and, um, you know, it, we don't have any of that kind of stuff, but I, I know that my life changes the lives of others. And man, it's so satisfying. It's so much better to know that. And, and, and if God gives me something, it's built on top of that. I don't want it if it's not, because there's sorrow attached. So you got to go back to the core. That's where, you know, you're not, life is about impact, not comfort. God will give you rest and comfort and rejuvenation in that. But it's not a lifestyle. Your lifestyle is supposed to be impact. So all that rounding the corner on all that, and I know it's a lot, and I, I, you know, I know we still got a little bit of time, but um, God wants intimacy. God protects you through your faith, your faith. He is faithful always. We are not always, but we get better at it as we begin to be more like him. So we become more like Jesus. So, so I wanted to make this other point. Um, <clears throat> And then and provide a, you know, a, a way to help foster this daily or whatever. All right. So this is the other uh, daily devotional text um, out of the three that I pulled up. This says Jesus was and is God. But he did what he did on earth by faith as our model not by magic wand, golden scepter, or even 10,000 angels. He made a choice as a man. And if we want to get beyond simply quoting him to actually emulating him, so must we. Being like Jesus equals living as sons and daughters. That means as a man, he did what he did to model for us. So we can't say, well, yeah, but that's Jesus. I can't do that. And, you know, it's magical or flying around in golden underwear and zapping things. And that's not what he did. He refused the deity to live as a man. This is incredible, or it's very credible. But he did it to set the example for us. Now, he didn't become a man to learn what it's like to be a man. God doesn't learn. He doesn't learn, doesn't learn, doesn't need to learn. He's, he's preeminent. He knows. He has all, he's all-knowing. He's omniscient. So we need to become like Jesus. We saw it. We see it. We read the Word. That's the character. That's what passes through us. And that's where the light comes from. Remember, I, I, <laughs> took a little while, but remember, I said, be light, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I think you, you had to grow into what does that mean? But, but you know, a light bulb doesn't negotiate. You, you light a light bulb in a room, in a dark room, who wins the battle? Every single time, there's no debate. The light always overcomes darkness. And you don't, you may not understand where all in the room it goes or where it goes. But remember... You do your part, God will do the rest, and it's exponential, all right? So Jesus, our job, our first tier is to follow him through the action of becoming like him, letting him disciple us, discipline us, teach us, press in, 
You know, is your job more important than scripture reading? Um, no, not at all. It doesn't mean quit your job and sit around and read scripture. It means start with him. Take a small dose. Get the breadcrumb and he'll show you the slice of bread. Go after the bread slice and he'll show you the loaf. Then he'll show you the basket. Then he'll show you the bread maker. That's how this works. Vision, right? Small steps. But think about that. Jesus was no different than any of us. He's all man and all God. Now, the all God part, he took it. He took the payment for us. But he's also all man so that we have no excuse. It takes time, but we must follow him by living. He's our model of sonship. Sonship, sons and daughters, same thing. We learn to be in that family. We learn to be fall in love with the Father. What motivated Jesus more than anything else? One thing, there's a lot of things that motivated him, or a few, but one thing above all else, what, what, what was that? What, what, what did you say? Please his Father. That's it. That's it. So if you don't have that intimate relationship, you, you know, that, that's not your first priority. Well, I hope God doesn't get mad at me or we're, well, I hope this works, or, hey, God, will you show me the way here? No, just set out to please him. Stand up for him. Fall in love with him. Be intoxicated with him. <laughs> He's everything. And this little vapor of a life is, is uh, it's nothing compared to the depth of that. So, if it, you know, be patient with him. He's been patient with you. There's, there's so much. All right. So but that is the other part of what's the point of your faith so that you become like the son. God's after intimacy. Well, what does the son have? What motivates it? that relationship in return? And then that's where these things start to unfold your value, position, posture, vision, purpose, etc. I was talking to a guy yesterday, a good, good guy, and uh, he's in a mentoring program. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's, he's doing pretty well. And, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think we, we just talked through about comfort and, and all that stuff. But the, 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 the bigger, most important thing is why God put you here. And you've got to get on with that. Mm. And if you let other things distract you, um, then you're going to miss the mark. And that mm. is the ultimate sin. And that's how the, the enemy can win a battle that he's not really qualified to win. So... And wrapping all that up, what's a what's a what's a way to step into this? Right, that, I just wanted to bring that home. Yeah. Uh, jump in, Matt, though, if you got some thoughts. I don't want to. No, I, my, my my thought was just kind of fleeting as you talked about the like how so many people just settle for provision. It's like they long for purpose, they long for right. life abundantly, but they just settle for I just got to get the bills paid, and so they just settle for provision. And, and because they settle for provision, um, they take the lesser thing and they miss purpose and they miss, you know, this idea of pleasing the father, um, this idea of the higher calling. You know, it's like they, right. settle for, they settle for the lesser thing, not even knowing it's the lesser thing because the culture in the world has told them that it's the greater thing, you know. Right. Well, this takes practice. And we see in Scripture we see the apostles and the disciples, and we see them. They had to grow. And God is he's faithful, He's graceful, He's merciful. So 
it's okay not to get it all in one sitting. Um, you know, it surely takes time. So, but just don't quit. Get up. Uh, and what I, what I was thinking of a minute ago, I kind of got off track, but, but this, this guy, uh, <clears throat> in, in, he's in his 50s. I think he's about 50. Um, he's a good dude. But he, uh, you know, I, it, it, it dawned on me that we wouldn't be talking had I not made some of the choices I made years ago by having to come to this realization. So, you know, I, I think when you understand why God put you here, it you can't go back. It, it's it changes you, but it makes you more like Jesus. That's when you can truly imitate him. All right. So let me give you one last example about the mission field beneath your feet, about being light right where you are. And, you know, I, I mentioned my, 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 one of my closest friends growing up, his wife has cancer and it's, it's not good. And it, 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 it's heartbreaking. This guy, man, he needs some rest in his life. Uh, Polly's dad, he's, he's going through, um, the second bout with this stuff. There's pain everywhere. So, you know, we've got our next door neighbor, my first one, I watched him die. He took that shot and, uh, you know, I, I, not to get into all that, but it happened. So, uh, our next door neighbors now are, um, sweet people, um, I don't think they know a lot about faith. I think they do have faith and they have a genuine heart. They don't know a lot about scripture, but we haven't had a ton of interaction with them. We ask them to get our UPS packages when we're away or, you know, we've prayed for them a couple of times, but, but the guy comes over, they, they, they're in the produce business and they'll hang cucumbers or some oranges on our door. And that's their way of being kind back to us. But there's not a lot of interaction. It's mostly just passing, you know, the driveway. But this guy comes over a couple days ago, and he is weeping. And he, he, he says, I'm not doing well. Can I talk? And, I mean, he was just floored. And this guy's about 50, 50, 52, somewhere in there. Doesn't have kids and uh, works all the time. And he comes Holly invites him in. He comes up our stairs, and I'm, you know, kind of sprawled out. And I already told you the story, Matt, but I just wanted to throw it out there because this matters. He came in there and he said, "My my best friend, the guy since I've known since we were in diapers, shot himself last night and left a family with no explanation. I don't know what to do. He was distraught. He didn't even know how to. You know, he's trying to protect his wife and all. I mean." He just, he said, you're the only people I know that know God. You're, he saw something, that sweet aroma. So I'm not bragging about it, right? I'm saying we were there. Something happened. He just needed to share it. You know, we prayed for him, but mostly we just listened to him. And that dude, he gave me and Holly both bear hugs, about five or six bear hugs in about 15 minutes. And he walked away. He was better. He still had to carry it, but he got to share it. And, and that's light. Light overcomes darkness. We didn't need to preach to him. We didn't need to get him to our church. You know, our, our church is people. It ain't a building. We didn't need to convince him of anything. He saw it. So that right there, remember, it's simple. You, you're here to give. You're here to offer. But start with simply being 
light. Turn that light on. Go about your business and watch what happens because God will bring those opportunities to you. And that was that was simple, very simple. But to me, he just needed to, he needed to cast his cares on. And he did it on us. And now he knows you can do that. You can cast your cares on the Lord. You know, yeah. he's the one really, really even working through us. But all this matters in what's the point of your faith. That right there is the point. Every day, all the time. So... All that said, uh, just to wrap up, um, so so, where do you start if you don't know where to start? Mm. And, you know, I, I've got, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to read one little thing out of this uh, Learn to Fill the Word book. Uh, we had somebody ask us for some the other day, and we, we, of course, don't have any more. We need a reprint or... Uh, you know, I think it's just it's just another course, uh, but um, there's something really important here that I want to read. The word is so important. It's so important. And if you're unwilling to spend time in the word, taking it into your heart, imagining it, being there, you know, then, you know, what 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 are your actions? So start there. Start there. Give that time to God. Give him that intimacy. And so, you know, there's a great exercise in the beginning of this book. I won't take time to read all this stuff, but, but you know, all these excuses, we call them yeah buts. There are no yeah buts. You know, stop yeah butting this. Uh, you know, there, there's no yeah but. So uh, yeah but man's word, not God's. But think about this. Um, th- this is the exercise, and I'll just walk through the points of it. And I use this to help people who don't quite understand the importance of it or believe Scripture or whatever. So, number one, if you if you are a believer, if you're not, you know, I can't convince you. I'm not going to try. But number one, uh, do you sincerely do you sincerely believe that God exists? So the answer for the believer is yes. Number two, is it safe to say that he is vastly more intelligent, more powerful, and creative than you are, than we are? Yes, right? Do you see, uh, these are A, B, C, the third one, or C, do you believe he would struggle in any way to precisely express his intention? It doesn't matter what man's done with the Bible. God cannot be sidetracked, so... We can't sidetrack him. He's preeminent. So you keep following this line of thinking. Is it possible that a God who is infinitely powerful, supremely intelligent, and perfectly able to say what he means could be sidetracked by the failures of mankind? The answer is no. He cannot be, will not be. He will carry out his will. His word is his word. Don't add to it. Don't take away. And, and trust it. Okay, God's saying this, not this in Kevin. This is what scripture teaches us. All right, a couple more here. Would this same God lack the ability to create a book about himself and the meaning of your life precisely as he desired? You know, you can't escape this. This is drawing you into a corner, even by logic. 
Would it matter to you if there was such a book? Would it matter to you if there was such a book? There is a book. Does it matter to you? What do you truly believe? What's the point of your faith? All right. And the last question on this thing is, in what way? In what way does this matter? Now, we all have Bibles. We all got, you know, you can listen to it. You can, so one action step is to simply recognize the importance of God's word and take a nugget and, and, you know, quit bitching and just go there with him. And what happens is he opens up that intimacy. The shield of faith begins to form around you. And then the vision, the purpose, all of that stuff, he sets it before you. And it's wonderful. All right. So, so this is the difference between being Christian centered versus Christ centered. And, uh, you know, I think that's probably good to wrap up on, but I just wanted to connect those dots and then give that little bit of uh, thought to if you're not doing those small things, when someone comes along and needs to see that light, they're going to miss. And, um, you know, but if you're doing those small things and you press into affection for God, you will fall in love with him. You'll listen and he'll show you where to go, what to do. And he'll bring the people into your life who can help you carry out your vision, his vision, because their vision is attached to it in some way. You may not know it right now, but it, it comes. So anyway, that said, uh, I've got a couple other things to announce or talk about briefly. But that I think that's as far as I'm concerned, that's where uh, everything I had in my notes yeah. Well, you know, Kev, I, I, I know um, that your heart is just to pour out. That's what this show is about for you. It's just it, it is. I've got to get everything that God has given me and pour it into the lives to help people, period. And that's what you do. Yeah. You, you pour it out on the table and you sort it around and you just give and you give and you give and you give regardless of people, you know, reject it or they say they want it in a different format or they don't understand it or they don't listen. You just give. And so the testimony of this show, the testimony of our heart is to say we could never be faulted because we didn't give people truth and love and wisdom and everything that we had was on the table. And so I always appreciate that just about who you are and your commitment and dedication to be faithful to God uh, with what he's poured in your heart. And for those who are willing to slow down and receive it. Um, and digest it and chew on it, it changes and transforms their lives and empowers them um, to go on and carry out what Ephesians 4 said is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And so that is the the heartbeat of fearless. And uh, man, I, I appreciate that. And certainly everybody who listens, uh, whether you're catching this streaming on Rumble or whether you're catching the podcast on repeat, uh, thank you and uh, continue to let us know how we can continue to help you and get this movement of discipleship uh, to those who need it. Yeah. Amen. Well, I appreciate that. And so a couple of things in addition, um, our website, I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, James. Thank you, C3. Thank you, Nick. Thank you for you who stepped in and were generous with us and believe in what we do. You know, we haven't sent out formal thank yous and all that. I know you guys aren't looking for some kind of uh, present in return. I just want to say I'm, I'm, I'm just very thankful because I, I knew in my heart that God would provide. And 
you know, we have to do the hard work, but, uh, you know, it, it, it matters. So thank you. And, and that, that's not the only ones who gave, but those are the, the people that are like family. Yeah. So we, we just thank you guys. And, uh, we're giving all we got and we're, we're only asking for help because we really, really want to help generationally. And uh, so that's, it's going to help a lot. So thank you for that. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention about our coffee uh, is that, you know, we've created a, a, a marketplace and we've, we've got some things nailed down. We've, everything's good quality. Our website's going to really be a game changer on how to order and all that stuff. So we're not really trying to push products. We're just trying to create a marketplace for those who create great products who are free spiritually so that this whole thing has a closed-loop system and they can give back. All right, so our coffee subscriptions, uh, we haven't really pushed it, not going to push it, but I want you to start looking at it a little differently. Instead of thinking, well, I can go down the street and get coffee, uh, maybe you can get better coffee. This coffee's pretty darn good. Uh, it, it, it's really good. Now, you, you can find it. You, you can buy it from the my pillow guy. He's selling coffee now, and, and more power to him. That dude is a man of God. And, uh, so it's not about coffee. If you want good coffee and you drink it, all we're saying is um, we have it. <clears throat> Our coffee carries out the Great Commission. So you can go spend a little less, and you might even get better coffee. This coffee is not, it's not uh, expensive. <clears throat> but that money, it covers the cost of packaging, shipping, all of that. But what's left over, it doesn't go into our pockets. It goes into our organization so that we can spend time with people teaching them so that Matt can do faith in business. And listen, faith in business has a bright future. People, they need to understand how to live out their faith in business. So it's awesome. And I've continued to encourage him to keep doing it on the days when people don't show up, which is hard, but he's been a warrior and he's going to keep doing it because it's coming. These people need it. All right. So this coffee helps that. Yes, we sell it, but we're not in the coffee business. We're in the people business. So, you know, don't forget that. So here's what, what I'm proposing. And, and as we keep putting this thing up, and it, it, what I'm proposing now is stop thinking of it as a way to get you some coffee. If you want to go to the grocery store and get some, do it. I'm saying sign up for a subscription. Look at it as a donation. And if you don't want coffee, give the coffee away. So I'm calling this now a coffee ministry. And I'm going to create something that comes with that shipment so that you can go out and give the coffee away to help them understand their own value. If you, you give a nice tip to a, a server, give them a bag of coffee. Help us. So we're not in the coffee business. We're in the people business. Buy the coffee, and if you don't drink it, give it away. Get a subscription just to give it away. You, you know, this is unique. It's different. It's, it, it, it's so much better than just throwing some money in a plate to build a bigger building. And that's going on. I think that's ridiculous. We have no overhead. We have no debt. We run lean and mean. 
We'll never ask you for something for ourselves. So buy some coffee or get a subscription so that we don't have to keep chasing down donations every month. It's simple. Make it a ministry. I'm going to tie all this together, but, you know, we're asking for your help. You're listening to this now. It's free. You're not getting this anywhere else. So that's what the subscriptions are. They're about ministry. They're about people. And the coffee is damn good, by the way. And it's not crazy expensive. Give it away. All right, I'm off my soapbox or my coffee box. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm just tired of looking at it every month and going, wow, more people buy it. It's because they don't understand the importance of it. Sure. My own son gets a subscription from somewhere else. And I'm like, well, this carries out the Great Commission. What's more important to you? So anyway. Well, you know, the reality is we've been trained to be transactional and, you know, um, not relational. And we've been trained right. to, well, I give this and I get that. And this is just saying, no, I give, you know, and, you know, that's why I give because I give. And we're saying, hey, and you're going to get something awesome that you can then use as a resource. And when you look at it as a mutual giving, then I think it changes the mindset. But that has to be trained into people because they're not trained to think that way. You know, they're trained to, you know, that transactional thing. Yeah. Well, listen, building something from scratch, it ain't easy. And I've been at it and I've done it multiple times. I've had success and failure. Um, And there's days it's just hard. But all we're asking you for even if you give a nice tip to a server, get a subscription. Because if you do, you're going to get that coffee and just start giving it away. And I'm going to create something for you to give it away with. But you're going to bless people. You, you know, there's nothing like giving. Remember your kids on Christmas morning? Give, 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 give. Give yourself away. We're giving you something cheap and easy that you don't have to think about. It. You can just start giving it to people. And it, it, I mean... It's simple. All right. I'm rambling again, but we're done. And thanks, everybody. Think about that big question. What is the point of your faith? And it has to be attached to action. And uh, God will do the heavy lifting. But you get started with the word. Treat it like it matters more than anything else. Amen. Kevin, man, thanks for pouring out today. Um, so appreciate you and your heart and just your passion for this. Um, it's evident in everything that you say and do, and it always comes from that, that place. And so for those who have taken the time to join us today, I know we went a little bit longer than usual, but uh, we just celebrate you all and just the week that we are in and just the, the joy that we have in Christ. And let us allow that to move us in such a way that we begin to take action, as Kevin said, on our faith um, and begin to transform and change the world for the purpose of the next generation. That is the mission uh, of Fearless, and we appreciate you guys being a part of it. So thank you guys so much. Uh, Be blessed, and we will see you all next week. Amen.